Acts, uh, Acts 22 is where we are today. Go t- turn your Bibles to Acts 22. You know, um, we've been in the Old Testament in the Leviticus, and now we're in Numbers, but we've also been in the book of Acts. And um, Acts is a really interesting book, an important book. It's the church, the church was young in the book of Acts. And I want us to remember the very beginning of Acts. Jesus was still, uh, resurrected Jesus was hanging out with the disciples. In Acts chapter 1, he ascended into heaven. And he said to them, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what was that power? It was the power to be witnesses. That's what the Holy Spirit was going to do in the lives of the disciples. The Holy Spirit was going to come on them and give them power to be witnesses. And he said, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And you know God's still doing that. God is still giving power to the witnesses that are called by his name. You know who that is? That's us. It's you and me. And the book of Acts is fascinating because what you see over and over again is you see God giving that power. We saw a couple weeks ago to Stephen. He he gave power to Stephen to be a witness even in the face of death. And, and Stephen was an incredible witness. And, and, and as he was a witness for Christ, Saul was there. Then God used that time, and, and now the camera turns in the book of Acts as we're in chapter 22 today. Uh, you, you see the, the camera turning on Paul, and over and over again, you see God giving Paul power to be a witness. That's really important for us to grab a hold of. Let's look at Acts 22. Stand with me and let's read verses 3 through 5 today corporately. And then we're going to just kind of hover around Acts 21, 22, and 23. So verse 3 in Acts 22, brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I make, that I now make before you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. And he said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are this day. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women. As the high priest and the whole council of the elders can bear me witness, from them I received letters to brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those also who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, you you see in Acts 21 through 26, if you just kind of hovered over that, that you see Paul giving five different speeches. And um, in the first two speeches, it's interesting, Paul defends himself in Jerusalem, and he goes before this Jewish crowd, he, he goes before a Jewish council in 23, uh, the next three defenses, he's in Caesarea, he goes before Felix in chapter 24, in 25, uh, Festus, and then finally today's reading in Acts 26, he was before Agrippa, um, and um, and you know, there's so many things you see in the life of Paul in this season of his life. And, and one of the things that's glaring is that God kept giving him strength. Now, this is really important. 
because you realize God does this, right? He gives us strength to face whatever's in front of us. He gives us strength to follow him, to walk with him, to be witnesses. Um, Another thing about Paul that you see in his life, Paul sets this example. He was not longing for comfort. He was wanting to be in the will of God. Now, you know, I, I am not a pastor that looks at the future and life right now and thinks the sky is falling, okay, when it comes to life in America. But, but I'll tell you something. We live in a country that's in desperate need of a Savior. And I, I'll be honest, I think there's something important to understand as God has put us in his word that, remember a couple weeks ago when we were looking at Stephen, I, I asked us, all of us, including me, are we ready to make a public stand for Christ? I also asked us, are we ready to face opposition because of our faith? I can remember a time in our country when it was good business to be a Christian. I don't know that that's the case anymore. Now, it's good, it's wise for you to be, act like a Christian. In God's eyes, it's always best but it used to be advantageous to your business. Now I think it's not so much. We've watched that change right in front of us. As, as, a, as a nation that we're in and a world that we're in gets more and more opposed to Christ, but I want us to remember, I, I look at the future and I'm excited about it. Because you know what God's gonna do in us? He's gonna give us power to be witnesses. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to be as, uh, the, the cultural Christianity is dying away, which I'm really grateful for. Because we're going to really move into a, a time where it's going to mean something to take a stand. But I want us to remember, God gives us power to be witnesses. Now, let's look at, let's look at what's happening here. You, you see, in, in chapter 21, you see this prophecy of Agabus. Agabus was this guy that, uh, that said, Paul, you're going to be imprisoned. And, and he tied his hands up. He goes, this is going to be you. And, and Paul was like, you're breaking my heart here. They were saying, don't go, don't do this. But no, Paul was like, look, I, I'm going to be willing to even die for my faith. And as I hear that, as I hear Paul and I, and I look at his life, I wonder if we are going to be that strong. Let me tell you something, we need to be that strong. We've got to prepare for that kind of strength. And we've got to recognize that God will give us power as he walks us through our future and our present. Let's not forget that. Look at verse 3 through 5. You see this. as Look at the power God's given Paul. He says, brothers and fathers, he's pretty respectful here, hear the defense I make before you. That's that word uh, apologetics. That's not saying I'm sorry. He's giving a defense of his faith. He's given a reason for his hope. And you know what he does here? As you you look at what what he does in chapter 22, Paul's not breaking down the Old Testament law. He's not... He's not breaking down a a biblical text here, an Old Testament text. You know what he's doing here? He's sharing his testimony. He's sharing his story. He's he's saying, look, this is what I did. I journeyed from 
Damascus. And, and we know Paul's testimony. We, we, we've, we've read it and how, oh my goodness, Paul's got an amazing testimony, right? Because here he was on the road to Damascus. He talks about that and how, how as he's on the road, oh my goodness, a bright light shone and I was blind for three days. And then, then this, this preacher, Ananias, comes and, and, I'm, and I get saved, Paul says. And now my life is like I'm, I'm serving the Lord now. It's basically chapter 22. He shares a story. You know, we hear that story, and there's a temptation to think, man, I wish I had a testimony like that. That's a cool testimony. Have you ever thought, uh, have you ever regretted the fact that you don't have a cool testimony? Here's something I want us to recognize today. Every believer has an amazing testimony. I don't want you to miss that. Your testimony is amazing. Yeah, you know, you may be like me. I mean, I got saved right before my eighth birthday. I did more bad stuff as a saved person than I did as a non-saved person. Um, I mean, my biggest mistakes were after I came to know Christ. But, but you know, though, like I, I don't have one of those, uh, like I was a drug addict for 20 years and God rescued me. Those, those are awesome. I've seen that happen. I don't have one of those um, wild testimonies of coming from, I mean, I, I was in church nine months before I was born. But you could almost argue that's even more difficult to come to Christ if you think about it. Because I could have thought I was pretty good. I want you to recognize that everybody has an amazing testimony. And you know what Paul's doing here? He's basically just telling something that really is irrefutable. He's telling them his experience with God, his journey with the Lord. And, 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 and I want you to know your testimony is amazing because your testimony, the, the, the moment that you came to Christ, that's when Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 just took place right in front of your eyes. You know what that verse says? Great verse to memorize. When you heard the word of truth, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance until the redemption of God's possession. So, so when you got saved, this is why I think a, mo- a morning like today is so important to remember when you got saved. Because, you know, when you remember your testimony, you don't look at it, look at Paul and go, oh, man, his is better than mine. No, you look at your testimony and go, thank the Lord that God saved me. And I want us to recognize that in your life, you know what God's doing? God is writing a story in your life. And this is why I pray we connect the dots to the story God is writing in our lives. And, and what is your testimony? It's, it's simply sharing what you have seen, what you have heard, and what you've experienced. This is what Paul is saying. He goes, I'm just telling you what I've seen and heard. And this is so very powerful because a credible testimony of a changed life is incredible evidence to the power of God. And, and I, I want you to, I want us to be able to recognize where God is working in our lives on a daily basis because God's at work. There have been people in my life as we've raised our kids, we've tried to really pay attention as our kids grew up in our home saying, hey, go, hey guys, that's God at work right there. That's not us. 
And we've tried to point them to these moments where God just worked in front of us. And, and I've seen it over and over again. I still see it where God is just at work in front of us. Oh, my goodness, I see it all the time. I see it in this room. I mean, the Mitchells over here. That's God at work in front of us. To see nine of their family members come to Christ. A Roma family living in a wasso. They've, they've come to Christ. We baptized nine of them in our church. There's IMB missionaries reaching out to Roma people. And nine of their family members have come to Christ. They're sitting right here on the second row. Let's think about the first service. Oh, my goodness. Sitting right here where uh, these two empty seats right here, Billy and Christy Richmond were sitting in in the first service. Some of you don't know them. Their son, Spencer, same age as my daughter, Emily. On Spencer's 16th birthday, he was in an accident right over here out by Quick Trip. He was in a tragic accident, a traumatic brain injury. And he battled this brain injury for about a year and a half. And then went to heaven. You know that a few, a year or so before he died, Harrison Mosby in our church took him to False Creek and Spencer got saved. They, they then, the next year, uh, Riley, his sister, was at False Creek and Spencer and, and Harrison led Riley to Christ. Riley's on the mission field right now, like this very moment. Talked to her Friday. And, and you know what's, what's amazing about that whole thing? is God used Harrison to lead Spencer to Christ. And then Harrison watched Spencer battle this brain injury with the strength of God, though he went to heaven a year and a half later. And right now, Harrison was on my podcast a couple weeks ago. Harrison said, I'm battling. He's the firefighter that we're praying for. If you don't connect that dot, Harrison Mosby is the fire, Tulsa firefighter that has cancer. Harrison said to me, God is using Spencer to help me battle my own cancer. I'm like, oh my goodness, we're watching the power of God work in front of us. Folks, let me tell you, we have an amazing, you have an amazing testimony. God is at work around us. The power of God is real. And what Paul is helping us see, that this power of God makes sense. If you look at chapter 22, you can, you can break it. Just look at it in your Bible. I'm not going to read every word of it. But, but you can break this story, his testimony, down in three bullet points, really. Um, you see in verses 2 through through five, that he basically begins his story like, this is what I looked like before I came to know Jesus. You know, that's part of your testimony. This is, uh, he, he, he says, look, I, I did this. I was, I was on this road. And then you look at six through, uh, 
really 6 through 11, and, and he moves to his conversion. He moves to the moment that God confronted him, that God said to him, look, you're going the wrong way. This is the gospel, right? The, the gospel confronts us. We cannot take away the confrontation of the gospel. God meet, meets us and says, look, you are going the wrong way. You need to turn to Christ, repent of your sins, and this is what conversion looks like. We turn around. We, we go a different direction. And, and, and I, I realize the gospel is offensive to the world, and we can't take away the offense of the gospel because the message of the gospel is, look, you're not okay by yourself. You need a Savior. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. And the truth is nobody's good. We need a Savior. And Paul points to this, how he moved to his conversion, that how he met Christ. He had to turn around. Have you done that? You met Christ in a way that you repented of your sin, put your faith in him. Paul talks about that. And then he goes on and says, now I'm serving the Lord. You know, when you look at this story, Paul's just telling it, you look at what's happening in Acts 22. He's just telling his story. And you know what I pray for us? Is that we learn to tell our personal journey with God clearly and naturally. This is something we're called to do. It's just tell your story. Tell how you came to Christ. What was your life like before you met Christ? That's a good thing to process and evaluate. Um, how, how did you repent of your sin? How did you repent of your sin? And how have you come to know Christ personally? This is just what it looks like to, to, to share your testimony. What difference has it made since the Holy Spirit has come into your life? This is what Paul's doing here. And, and your testimony's powerful. You know, as I process this, uh, you know, here's the deal. I'm, I'm looking at our world, and I'm reading my Bible. Uh, I read my Bible about the, the end days, the last times. It looks awfully similar to the world we're living in, folks. Awfully similar. Now, I'm not sitting here going, hey, Jesus is going to come back next Thursday. I don't know when Christ is going to come back. And if somebody tells you they know when Christ is kind of coming back, they're lying. They don't know. But I'll tell you, we can look at, the, at 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, and go, man, it looks awfully similar to these things called the last days. You know why this is so important for us, I think, today? I don't know if we're going to be the believers in the last days. Maybe we're raising up the generation that will face the last days. Maybe it'll be our, our grandkids that tell a story about us that helps them take a stand in the last days. But can I remind you what Revelation 12, 11 says about those believers in the last days? It says this, they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. And I've really wrestled with, man, is my faith inspirational enough and honest enough to make a difference in the lives of my children and my grandchildren? 
Man, I hope so. I don't know if we're going to be counted worthy of being those believers that Revelation 12, 11 talks about. Because I real, uh, we got to realize that the only way we're going to conquer anything is by the blood of the Lamb, by Christ's work in us. He imputed righteousness to us. I can't earn it. I can't be good enough. I can't perform well enough. I need Jesus more than I need the next breath that I take, and so do you. But it's but they've conquered Satan. And we conquer the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Wow. And then not loving their lives even unto death. Now, I got, I'm going to wrap up here, but I want to point something out, how Paul faced this moment. Because you see something interesting, I think, you see how God gave him boldness. And you know, I think we need to prepare to be witnesses, folks. We need to prepare to be bold even when others challenge our experience with the Lord. Let me tell you something. There's going to be people that will challenge our experience with the Lord. And we're going to be, we need to be bold when this happens. Not if, but when this happens. Paul was bold. He says, Uh, Look at verse 30 in chapter 22. But on the next day, desiring to know the real reason while he was being accused by the Jews, he unbound him and commanded the chief priests and all the council to meet. And he brought Paul down and set him before them. So Paul's like, the the, the Roman people, are they're trying to figure out what's going on here, who Paul is. They're trying to figure all this out. And they get them all together, and Paul's like, let me in front of them. I want to hang out with them. He's bold. I love that. Uh, I love verse uh, verse 30. Look at the end of that. And looking intently at the council, Paul said, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. He's bold. But do you know something I think we can learn from Paul right here? Chapter 23. He makes a mistake. You know, we're going to have to learn to be gracious when criticism comes. Callie, i got to work on that. I have got to work on that. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I can get defensive. Man, I'm, I'm trying to work on that. Paul's bold, but right here you see he gets a little smart aleck. Because... As he said, I've lived a good conscience. Look at what happened in verse 2. The high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Think about that. You'd think, okay, he's being a good witness. He's taking a stand. God's going to protect him. No, um, God did protect him. God did lead him. But in this moment, the high priest says, punch him in the mouth. And the guy just, bam, hit him right in the mouth. I've been hit in the mouth a couple times in my life. And you know what that tends to do? It makes me a little chippier, madder. And Paul immediately gets mad. And he said to him, God's going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. That's like worse than you play baseball like a girl. No offense to all the girls. Because I know in this community, 
Some girls can play baseball. But, uh, but he, he smarts off, which I, I'm cutting him some slack because he just got punched in the mouth. And he says, are you sitting to judge me according to the law, yet contrary to the law you order me to be struck? He's basically probably quoting Ezekiel 13, 10 through 12. And he's just like badmouths the guy, but it's wrong for him to do that. And those who stood by, verse 4, those who stood by said, would you revile God's high priest? Paul didn't know. He said, I didn't know, brothers, that he was the high priest. And then he says, for it's written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. So it's interesting, you see Paul getting chippy, but then he, then he backs up and says, look, I was wrong here. You know what it reminds me of? When we take a stand for Christ and we face opposition, we still have to be gracious. And I'm thankful for Paul's example here because I think he repents. But then he goes on and he, 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 he's a good witness. You know what's interesting is you read into chapter 23, notice verse 11. He stood strong. Verse 11 says, the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, take courage. For as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. You know what you see here? You see God giving him the strength and the words right when he needed it. And I want you to know something. Every one of us can expect God to give you and me the words we need the moment we need it. That's the power that God gives. And I want to remind you what Jesus said as he was preparing his disciples for going and serving, going out into the world to be witnesses. He says in Matthew chapter 10, I want you to see this. I've got it on the screen. Jesus said, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors as kings, as witnesses, governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. Notice this, notice verse 20, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Folks, let me tell you something. God's going to give you power to be a witness. And I don't want you to miss it. You know, this uh, last week, it was probably, it's probably 10 days ago, I had my second hangout time with this guy that I've been praying for. Second time I've been around him. And uh, I've been praying for him. And... Um, we were kind of in this group setting, and uh, it wasn't really 
one that we were private, but we did have a moment that we were kind of off to the side. And I looked at this guy that I've been praying for. I said, hey, man. I said his name. I'm not going to say it here because I want him to come to our church. I said, I, I'm, I'm praying for you. He was caught off guard. He was like, he didn't know what to say. He just looked at me and goes, I think I need that. And you know what? Uh, there are a couple of things I thought back about that moment. Because I was praying, Lord, help me be a witness to this guy. And so the first thing that was important is we, we, you got to see him. I had to see him. Sometimes I don't think we see people. We don't see people that are around us that need the Lord. Let's see them. Then I needed to have a burden for him and actually pray for him. I didn't want to lie to him and say I hadn't been praying for him or that I say I was praying for him and I wasn't praying for him. I needed to pray for him. And it's interesting how when you start praying for, for God to lead, you start noticing doors that are open. You start you start going, oh, I, I can see it. Oh, my goodness. You're, 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 you're alert. And, and then it was time to step up and be a witness. Folks, we're called to be a witness. We're called to be a witness. And let me tell you something. God's at work around us. God's at work in front of us. Are you ready to be a witness? Are you urgent about being a witness? You know what I prayed for our church? We'd wake up. We'd wake up to be a witness here, right where we live, in our families, in our lives. And we wouldn't go through the motions. We wouldn't be religious. I'll tell you what, Leviticus is about religion, about this law that had to be kept. Now, God was right to reveal all the ways that we sin. And we're pretty creative with sin. But thank the Lord that Jesus came. Are you ready to be a witness? Let me tell you something. These days are too critical. And life is too short for us to not be a witness. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to have an invitation. And we've got some work to do today in our invitation. Are Jordan and Becky here? I can't. Uh, are the Saucebas here? Oh, there you are. Okay. I need y'all to come down. Can y'all come down here? We're going to pray over you. Jordan and Becky have, they're, they're such an interesting couple because Becky grew up in this church and Jordan grew up in uh, Calvary Baptist, which is our Tulsa campus. And now they, are pl they have planted a church in the Bronx in New York City. And we've been supporting them. I want y'all to come over here, if you could. And um, we've been supporting them. And, man, God's using them. And so they're called to be a witness in a, in a really interesting part of our nation. And so we're going to have an invitation, and I'm going to have some people pray for them, come pray for them. You know what my wife said to me before I left home today? <laughs> I love that woman. 
she's, she looks me in the eye as I'm leaving. We just got through praying. She goes, let me tell you something. She, she was nice. She's there with a smile. Okay, she's, if you know my wife, she smiles really good. She goes, you preach. You follow the Lord today. You do exactly what God's word says today. I was like, that's a cool woman to have married. I was like, okay. And um, so I get to church. And I'm sitting at my desk going through my routine of that all you baseball people have influenced me on when I, you know, get ready to preach. And I get a text message asking for prayer, for healing. And I was like, you bet we're going to pray for healing. I'm not going to make a big spectacle about it, but we're going to do that in this service. I'm going to ask the guys that I called to come come forward and stand over here. And in just a minute, we're going to have an invitation. And if you need Jesus, um, I'm going to pray for healing over here. But if you need Christ, um, come to Jesus today. David, I want you and Colleen to come down here. If you need Christ, I want you to come to David and Colleen today. But maybe you need to come and just get on your knees and say, Lord, I've not been the witness I need to be. Look, let's get after it. Come and get right with the Lord. Come and recognize God's at work all around us. Hey, let's let's put God's word into practice today. Would you stand where you are? Lord Jesus, I love you. Would you move in us today? We trust you today. We want to do what you say today. So I pray for your help. Lord, there's healing that needs to take place. Physical, spiritual, emotional. In in lots of hearts today. There's lives that need to be right with you today. There's people that have been coasting today. There's fear today that needs to be faith. So would you move us today? We trust you. And it's in your name. Amen.